Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into What Makes Me Mad, a podcast where I discuss the things that make me mad. What is going on, everybody? This is episode 138 of the podcast. Yes, I know it's been a hot minute since I've last recorded. Ooh, someone actually just listened to the last episode I just did. It was originally at 8, and now it has jumped up to 9 viewerships. Surprisingly, a very solid episode. Uh, episode 137, I basically ripped on the NFL for about 20 minutes, and it has been a very hot minute since I've last recorded. Anyway, that has gone from 8 episodes to 9 episodes, and normally I'd be really excited about it because I would normally be getting a penny back in viewership money uh, by the sponsorship that I run with Anchor. However, all of a sudden, that sponsorship has apparently ended. I'm not getting paid for this podcast right now. Yeah, that's right. I only have the money that I've made so far from it. So I was thinking this whole time, ah, maybe take a month off. Maybe think, ah, everything will be okay. I'll just relax. Let some viewerships rile in. And that's what was happening. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, how come I'm not making any money off this? And then all of a sudden, I look, and that sponsorship with Anchor has surprisingly ended. So they're saying that, you know, they're looking to find a sponsorship as much as possible. And we'll see about that, that whole automation crap. We'll see what happens, right? But it got me thinking because I was like, man, I don't know. It's very hard sometimes recording this podcast. Uh, Personal news, I have moved out of my parents' house. uh, So the area that I live in now is kind of hard to record. So I don't have a area where I could kind of like hang out by myself and record. Because right now we have a dog at our house. That is a Shih Tzu Chihuahua Poodle Mix. And yes, if you're wondering, wow, that sounds like a terrible breed to put in a dog. Oh yes, it is. Don't get me wrong. And this is coming from a dog lover himself. So sometimes that dog likes to bark a lot. So it's one of those things, I don't want to be recording a podcast. And then all of a sudden, you hear a little shithead in the background going, Yeah, yeah, that's not good audio quality. So I'm trying to find times to record and everything like that. But right now, I'm actually back at my parents' house right now recording. I am house-sitting for the weekend, enjoying the time with the two golden retrievers that we have right now. A very far difference between two golden retrievers who I love very, very much and then ha- having to go back to that little shithead. Yeah, it's something. But anyway, so I'm debating, you know, hey, how do I do this with Anchor? I don't know. Maybe I just decide either A... I just drop an episode here once in a while. Maybe do I try to get back into the weekly swing of things? Uh, or do I try to, you know, take a break or what do I do? Again, just kind of at a weird crossroads. It worked out perfectly with this when I recorded at Whitewater because it was part of the radio show and it was easy to get guests on and it was just part of my schedule. Now it's kind of harder having to like record. And also I had a whole radio station to myself basically where I could record. So now it's kind of a little bit harder trying to find time. And also two people still ask about the podcast. It's like, yeah, it's still going. But man, the steam like f- basically full on started like a, like a sprint, right? And now I've kind of turned into a steady walk with it basically. Like it, it, I was sprinting right away. Got great viewerships on the first couple episodes. And ever since then, it's just kind of turned into a slow uh, steady walk but that's okay so we're just having to figure it out with this point I, again would love to make money off this podcast so if any company out there is like hey i want to get in on that viewership you just let me know we can work it out i'll get a spot on air because yes i can do this 
sponsorships with Anchor, but also, too, we can work around that as well, too. So, we will figure out that bridge when we get there. But anyway, though, I'm able to record today, so I've got some good stuff to uh, chat about here. And so, as I took my long break, I was watching, you know, a lot of baseball, like I always like to do, and I thought to myself, which obviously would have been a fantastic time to record during the All-Star break when there is no baseball on, but I am a busy man sometimes. So, I thought it would be cool to kind of give, you know, a first half uh, recap of all the things that has pissed me off so far in Major League Baseball. So, first things first, right? Uh, All-Star game was a lot of fun watching it. It was good to see the NL get a win. Uh, can we have the guys go back to playing in their actual uniforms? I understand it is a marketing ploy and a way to make money off jersey sales. But the jerseys over the past couple years for the All-Star game haven't looked very good. Just have one team be the away team and they all wear their away uniforms. And then the other team wears their home uniforms. And it's real easy to tell who's on whose team because the fielding team, they're all going to be wearing gloves while the hitting team is going to be wearing batting helmets. Real easy to tell. And I think it would just be kind of cool because then you could see, you know, who's who. Uh, and be great for marketing for baseball. But obviously, sometimes baseball is like, marketing, we don't need to do that. We're America's pastime. We don't need to reinvent ourselves or anything like that. We don't need to market our players. But, so I mean, that was a slight thing where I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of unenjoyable. But other than that, though, it was a fun All-Star game. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Home Run Derby. Thoroughly enjoyed that as well, too. People have had some complaints about it, and I kind of get it. The Home Run Derby is in a weird thing, right? Because baseball is obviously trying to speed things up, pace of play past couple years when the home run derby was just you get 10 outs uh and that was you know hit as many as you can and you could take as many pitches as you want sometimes it'd be great because you could see a guy hit one 580 feet and you'd go wow what a great homer but then also sometimes too you had guys that would only hit like one or two and it would just kind of drag out they would take some pitches and it maybe wasn't that exciting so sometimes what happens is you have change and then people are like ah i don't know if i like to change they went to uh basically a timer and i think it's had some successes but also too i see the complaints of it because with the positives you get more home runs negatives it's really hard to keep track of the baseballs where they're flying because it's like you get multiple going at once and they're all going different parts of the ballpark so the camera operator is having a very hard time keeping an eye on it not blaming like people were pissed about espn like not being able to keep track that one i'm as much something as someone who gets pissed off at a lot of shit espn does i'll give them a pass on that one because it's kind of hard to like keep track all the baseballs that are going everywhere but my thing on it is i kind of like i still like you know the timer and also to you face this guy in the first round and that's what you got to do. Or maybe they could just, you know, instead of doing the brackets, they just do top four advances and top two advances to the championship. They could do something like that. Because uh, sometimes you have a guy that hits, you know, 38 home runs, and that's the most in the round. But then the last guy comes up, he hits 39, knocks him out. Yeah, that's kind of tough. Totally see it. Uh, but there's still a lot of good moments. Like Julio Rodriguez going on a tear with the Seattle crowd behind him. Awesome to see. Uh, Vlad Guerrero, a lot of fun to watch uh, hitting home runs. And then Adley Rutschman, 
hitting, what, 20 home runs from the left side, and then in his bonus time decides to switch to the right side and hits a bunch, uh, and hits like eight in the minute that he has. That was like, where I was like, this is nuts. Like, let's go. So a lot of fun moments. But I think, honestly, because people were like, you know, hey, let's go back to, you know, 10 outs, and that kind of goes back and forth. The rule is supposed to be they're not allowed, the pitcher is not allowed to throw until the ball lands. And I wish they would actually implement that rule because I think it was Kyle Schwarber in the finals just got screwed off that rule because Bryce Harper's dad was not like, was just throwing baseballs in. They had like 10 seconds left and I think he threw like four of them in uh, and they did speed swings and Harper was able to hit a couple out and get the win. I still kind of like that buzzer of getting it in before the timer. That's uh, an element of suspense and fun to it. Uh, like, oh, is it gonna? Are they gonna be able to get it? But I think if they just did, you know, waiting until the ball lands before you able to throw the next pitch would be fantastic because you still get the timer involved where you're not having it drag out. You get to see where the ball lands, and you're then if you have a moonshot home run. That's great because then you're able to keep an eye on it. And, you know, it's like an actual, like, where it's just not how fast can we throw it. There's a there's a pace to it and a timing that's enjoyable where it's like, oh, you got to wait for it to land. And then that actually kind of adds a thing of strategy into it as well, too, because if a guy, you know, pops one up, it's like you got to wait that little extra bit for it to land. If they would just implement a rule like that and just stick with it, or, like, if they would just, you know, go with the rule that they put in in the beginning... I think it would be a great success. Uh, but obviously, everyone on Twitter, you have to either love or hate it. And it's just like, maybe we just try that. Because I think it would be great for everybody. Uh, but that's just me. But so, uh, All-Star Break was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it being out in Seattle. Uh, I, Seattle is a very underrated ballpark. And also town as well, too. And it just it looked really nice where it was like, you get to see, like, you know... Uh, the bay or whatnot in the background and then you get to see you know quest field and then also to t-mobile ball ballpark i was like oh what a cute what a cool venue but so maybe i don't have as much like scathing or you know scar or opinions where i'm just ready to yell about i've got some stuff though that i've got just kind of churned up and ready to go seems like every time we get to this point in july past couple years i've had this podcast I've been bitching up a storm about the Chicago Cubs and their performance. Because the past couple years, they haven't been very good. And they keep filling me up with false hope, and it's pissing me off. Same thing happened again this year. They started off hot in April, and then they got super cold. And then they went on a hot streak again. Then they had to go over to London, split a series there, and then all of a sudden, just the wheels fell off. They lost a couple games, but then at the All-Star break, they kind of got it back together a little bit right before. They come out of the All-Star break. Then they're starting to scuffle again. And it's this whole point of where it's hot and cold. It frustrates the hell out of me because then the front office loves to play their game of, oh, I don't know if we're going to buy or sell at the deadline. Am I going to have to watch as all my favorite players get traded away again for another year? Or are we actually going to start trying to be competitive and build this roster towards the future? Last year, Cubs trade away a bunch of people at the deadline. Uh, and then deadline passes. They get good, surprisingly. They finish with a decent rep, or a decent second half performance. Light optimism going into the season. 
They signed some free agents. Some guys have worked out good. Some guys have not. They come into this year. Hey, we think they could contend for a wild card spot. They start off good. And then, like I said, it's just been up and down ever since. There's been stuff, questionable lineup decisions. You know, who should be playing, who should not. Totally get that. Bullpen management. It happens. Just frustrates the hell out of me. I wish the front office, though, would come out and be like, no. You know, we want to contend. Let's go after it. If we get some wins, even if we're a little bit under 500, we're still going to go for the NL Central. Because the NL Central is weak this year. We got a chance. Like, we're only eight games back and in third place. That's a series. Like, you could pull around. Like, the Cubs almost swept the Brewers, but they had two moments where they tripped over their own two feet. Brewers also had two moments where they could have swept the series as well, too, but they tripped over their own two feet. And it's just moments like that where it seems like the Cubs find a way to have like a soul-crushing loss, and then all of a sudden that just completely derails the momentum. Drives me nuts where it's like they can't, like they let the last week's game beat them for this week, and it just drives me nuts. And especially with the London series, they go over there, they get a dominating win on Saturday against the Cardinals, and then on Sunday they lead early, but then they give up the lead, and the Cardinals salvage the split. They come back, and just, you could kind of tell, like, everyone was like, oh, man, I hope, like, they don't let this fuck up the series. And then they went on a losing streak. And also, too, as a Packers and Cubs fan, I am so over these regular season games happening overseas in the middle of the season. Stop doing that. It fucks up the players' rhythm, and especially for football as well, too. It's very dumb. If you want to put exhibition games overseas fine or even in the beginning of the year if you want to do a game like i know the past couple of years i think it was like tokyo hosted like a season opener for seattle versus oakland two west coast teams very easy to travel out there great idea expand the game out there totally get it and then you have 160 games to go where both teams could get on track but instead now it's like we're penciled in right in the middle of the year where these teams then have to fly a bunch of miles that travel's going to be tough on them. And yes, I get it. They're millionaire ball players. But still, I don't like my teams losing, all right? And I feel like throwing a London series in the middle of the regular season is going to fuck with the team's momentum. And it did with the Cubs. So what? Our pitcher, I think, left the game with a splinter. Uh, and I was just like, ay ay ay. So yeah, that's been exciting. And so we'll have to see what happens. And again, it's a large market team, and they act like there's such a budget. Meanwhile, the Ricketts family just opened up what? Uh, oh, what the hell is it called? A gambling area. A, a sports book place. Yeah, what? A $600 million sports book place right across the street? But you mean to tell me you can't throw a couple million more in for bullpen help? Or you can't get a decent starting pitcher in free agency. So we kind of have to kick the tires to see if Jamison Talion has anything left. Which right now it looks like he really doesn't. You got $600 million to spend on buildings. But the team that you own, you don't want to invest in. Signing Dansby Swanson. Great idea. You know, si taking a chance on Cody Bellinger. Has worked great. But then saving a couple bucks on starting pitching really hasn't worked and then just kind of trying a couple different guys in the bullpen instead of going out and getting some guys hasn't helped either bullpen's been an absolute disaster and if they would have put one or two veterans that are decent back there instead of just trying to be like oh, i wonder if these injured guys have you know any chance maybe they'll be good and then we'll flip them for some prospects 
Because we haven't done that enough as well, too. <sighs> Just drives me nuts. Also, too, all that money to spend on the sports book. You would think, okay, let's extend our uh, starting pitcher who is top five in the National League with earned run average. Nope. They're doing, their, again, their whole... Oh, well, he's entering the potential final year of his contract and has a player option where he could opt out and be a free agent after this year. We might have to trade him. Marcus Stroman loves pitching for the Cubs. Cubs fans love Marcus Stroman right now because he's been excellent and wants to be there. It's a match that's working. Keep it. Why trade it? Work out an extension. God, I hate the Like, there is no salary cap in baseball. Oh, big deal. You have to pay a luxury tax and you might lose a draft pick that you can't spend on a high school player that's going to take six years to come up to the majors. Go try to win. God, I hate this whole, Ooh, well, we got to clutch our pearls. I know you have money, Ricketts family. I know you have money. Like this whole, oh, let's develop our prospects. We've done that route before. It's won us a World Series. Great. But guess what? That team that I thought was going to be a dynasty got the one postseason win or got the one World Series win and then got kind of close in 2017. And ever since then, they've been just getting slowly further and further away. Because And remember, I was told that that team was, you know, all those guys going to be surefire Hall of Famers. And only a couple of them have panned out. That's the thing with prospects. They are literally called prospects for a reason. They don't pan out sometimes. So this whole... Oh, let's just take a chance. And I'm not saying, like, just throw a bunch of money at free agents like the Mets did because that doesn't work out either. Like, you actually have to have good scouting and everything like that. But this whole, oh, we always have to trade guys away because we don't know if we can work out an extension. Dog, if it's $20 million, just give them the $20 million. You guys have the money for it. Oh, it just drives me nuts how they're always just like, I don't know if we could spend the money on it. You have your own television network. Ticket prices are probably top five in the majors right now. You make so much money off other areas around Wrigley Field. You, like, there's a lot of things I like about the Ricketts family. But this whole penny-pinching thing just drives me nuts. Oh, and it makes me mad. But at least the Cubs penny-pinching isn't as bad as the team that I'm really about to tear a new one on. The Oakland A's are an abomination of baseball, and John Fisher, their owner, needs to sell that team as soon as possible, and it blows my mind that other owners don't look at what he's doing and be like, this is bad for the sport. So if anyone is unfamiliar with John Fisher and the Oakland Athletics, the Oakland Athletics are a team based in California. They've been in California for a long time. I believe at one point they are the Kansas City Athletics and Philadelphia Athletics and moved out to Oakland at some point. And they've developed a pretty decent home. Problem is, over the years, their stadium that they played in, which was also shared as a football stadium with the Raiders, who have now left town as well too, uh, definitely needs upgrades. So Oakland, I haven't read in too much of it. You know, I don't understand the whole finances and everything like that. You know, what's been going on with negotiations. Sounds like Oakland was trying to get, you know, the A's to work. But John Fisher being John Fisher is like, oh, no, I'm going to do this. He really wants the, to move the A's to Las Vegas. And he's using the whole, oh, nobody's showing up to our games. Well, yeah, nobody's showing up to your games because you stripped the team of good talent 
and you're putting out a team that's basically a triple-A roster. The Oakland Athletics are on the verge of losing 120 games. Why would I go out and see a team that's going to lose over 120 games and you keep getting rid of all the stars? That would make no fan would want to do that. And there are so many passionate A's fans. Is it a major market? No. But they've had success out there for so many years because they've been good and they bring in fans. When they went to the playoffs in 2019, the stadium was packed. They were even able to put up fans on the third deck that they used mainly for football games. It is there. But when you trade away every star player imaginable, why would I support it? Because you use this penny-pinching model when it's very obvious you have the money to pay these guys. I mean, all the all-stars, they have just traded away over the years. Or have let walk in free agency. Marcus Simeon, Matt Olson, Sean Murphy... Any chance that they have a good guy, he gets flipped for a couple prospects that they have to hope work out good. And shout out to their general manager, uh, Billy Bean, who has done a phenomenal job with taking the limited payroll and actually making them successful. Because John Fisher has owned the Oakland Athletics, I believe, since 2004, and the A's have been decent for a while. Problem is, over the past couple years, it's just gotten so worse, where it's any all-star they have. They just, or a contract is coming up. They don't extend any guy. They just trade him away. So they have a payroll of what? About $40 million, And then John Fisher has the gall to go, we got to move because, you know, we need a new stadium that can bring in fans. Spend the money, dude. Like, if you actually just kept some of your talented guys, Fans would go to the games. And I'm not saying the Oakland A's are going to be a top five major market. I totally understand, like, in the state of California, you've got the Padres, Giants, Dodgers, and Angels all just to contend with in Southern California. And I get it's every owner's dream to have a new stadium and everything like that with all the bells and whistles. But guess what? You're a billionaire, dude. You can clearly afford to, you know, do the renovations. But instead... Fisher wants to, you know, flip the bill on the Oakland taxpayers. You want to know what taxpayer money should be used for? Schools, roads, bridges, you know, public transportation, you know, helping out other things other than giving a billionaire, uh, you know, a second home to look at. While meanwhile, he, uh, he sent, while he's able to go out on his third yacht for the week or something like that. You clearly have the money, but you just want to hoard it and let other people pay. That is a load of crap. If you want a new stadium, at least 70% should come from the owner's pocket. And 30% at most should come from public taxpayers. And that stadium, guess what? You're going to use it for public things as well too. High school baseball games are going to be used there. You know, all that stuff. But, you know, John Fisher's like, oh, we need a new stadium. So now it's like they've gone back and forth with Las Vegas, and it seemed like maybe that the stadium wasn't going to get through. And I actually had hope because there's a couple representatives that were like, why would we do this? And it's incredibly frustrating because there's one representative as well, too, in their local government. I forget the gentleman's name, but I had hope because he was kind of young like me. And I thought he wasn't going to fall for John Fisher's trap. He was coming out and being adamantly against, you know, approving a new stadium for the A's. Then all of a sudden, he has a change of heart. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what, you know, 
was the reasoning behind that. And it's just, and it was incredibly frustrating because, you know, politicians so many times, you know, will happily do the right thing for a billionaire if it's coming at the cost of screwing a local common man's tax tax money, right? And I had hope for a minute that they're going to be like, you want to what? No, we don't trust John Fisher because he doesn't put a ball, you know, he doesn't try to put out a decent product on the field and he's constantly has screwed over the city of Oakland. Why would we want to take on that responsibility? I don't, and also too, I don't know why there's such a hard on for owners to want to move out to Las Vegas for their sports teams. Guess what? It's a tourist town. The Raiders moved out there, got a brand new spanking stadium. They leave Oakland where it was a passionate, a small but passionate fan base that loved their Raiders. They move out of Oakland into this new flashy stadium. Guess what? About probably 60-40 uh, of their fan base are, are at the stadium. 40% away fans being in there. It's tourists, all right? Like, it's no home field advantage. And it's the same thing. So if the A's move out to the stadium, which is only going to sit about 30,000 people, it's going to be partially covered, uh, which good luck battling that Las Vegas heat. And you're going to tell me that all of a sudden Las Vegas is going to be excited to see the Oakland Athletics and their 120 losses come to town? Yeah, I highly doubt people are going to be lining up for season tickets. Oh, and by the way, in case you were wondering, these were a cheap ticket as well too at one point. But then guess what? John Fisher decided he was going to raise ticket prices. So talent on the field is crap. You don't keep any of your stars. You don't want to invest in the stadium. And then also too on top of that, you raise ticket prices. How come nobody want to go to the game? I don't know, John Fisher. Maybe you did like five things to piss people off. And people are like, no. Because if people kept going to the games, then you'd be like, why would you continue to support this owner? That's like you guys taking a stand. And so props to the Oakland Athletic fans. Because they organized a Fisher Out rally for a random like Tuesday game in June, I think it was. And they drew over 20,000 people. Uh, got a, uh, you know, Fisher sucks chant. Like, they did a fantastic job of showing, like, we care. It is not our fault. It is the owner's fault. And guess what? The commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, the complete doofus that he is, decides to get up on a podium, I think, the next day, and is like, oh, props to them for drawing, finally drawing 20000 up for an average night. It's like, fuck you, you idiot. Do you not see what's going on? Obviously, you want to protect your little billionaire buddy, but it's like you have a passionate group of fans. They're clearly showing we're not the problem, and it was a fantastic game to watch because the A's got a win, and they made it feel like a playoff atmosphere in there. Like, they showed we care. The owner does not. And what does Rob Manfred do? Oh, he decides to get up on the podium, and it's like, I'm Rob Manfred. I'm a big, dumb idiot. And instead of being like, you want to what? No. The A's need to stay in Oakland. If you want to do it an expansion team, fine. Do what uh, NHL did with an expansion team. Instead of ripping out a city's heart and soul of a fan of a team and moving them, maybe just do an expansion team. Because that'd be far better. Because then, you know, Las Vegas can be excited uh, about a new team coming in. You know, obviously they've just had great success with the uh, Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup. And you could do everything with the expansion draft and everything like that. And then maybe the A's actually get an owner who cares. But it's like this whole, oh, we have to, you know, 
break the hearts of all these fans and move to a different area for for a fan base that really isn't going to care. I just don't understand it. But all what these owners see sometimes is cash in front of them, and that's all what they care about. And it's just incredibly frustrating because it's like you can tell the A's fans care, but they have an owner that doesn't, and they're just stuck helpless. Because it's like, what? We want to flip a stadium for a guy... We, you want us to spend $500 million on a stadium when you don't even want to get a payroll over $50 million? Are you kidding me, dude? No, we're not doing that. We have all this other stuff that needs to get funded, but yet you want us to flip your little stadium? Honestly, as much as I hate owners in baseball, I'm so glad some of these guys are owners. Because sometimes as a society, we like to think that these billionaires are so great. But in all reality, they're just members of the Lucky Sperm Club, all right? These guys would not have their wealth at all because so many of them are just doofuses and don't know how to run anything because they're so out of touch with reality. Oh, congrats. Your great-grandfather was able to uh, invent, you know, like a Ford, a car, the Fords, perfect example, own the Lions. They've owned it for over 50 years. The grandkids now own it. You know, they were not Henry Ford at all. Basically, they just got there and it's like, all right, cool. Uh, it's our, we were born on third base, you know, our life is set and then our grandkids life are set as well too. You clearly have shown, uh, nothing to show, to prove to me why you deserve that money other than the fact that it was just an inheritance basically. And especially with how they run the lines and that's not only them, but other owners across the league as well too. Congrats. Your great grandfather was able to, you know, invent something and now you're just basically coasting on its coattails. You know, maybe you guys should actually go out and try to show why you're good businessmen. Oh, that's right, you can't because you're so out of touch with reality. And especially another thing, though, that has pissed me off with Rob Manfred as well, too. Just the the All-Star game as well, too. Always comes up every year. Are you going to reinstate Pete Rose? Gambling has become so synonymous with pro sports. It's become more legal. Like, just stop fucking around and let's reinstate Pete Rose to get him in the Hall of Fame. But again, Rob Manfred gets up on that podium. Nope, we're not going to reinstate Pete Rose. And this is exactly what's going to happen with Pete Rose. Anyone that's unaware of Pete Rose, Pete Rose got caught gambling in the 80s as a manager. He said he always bet on his teams. And granted, that's not the right move. Don't get me wrong. Gambling's not right uh, when you're like a player and you have an effect on the state, on the game. I totally understand that. But it's one of those points where it's like, okay, it happened in the 80s. Pete Rose is getting older in life. He's probably not going to be around for too much longer. Are we going to really keep being on this high horse? Or then what happens when Pete Rose passes away? What are then we all of a sudden going to be like, ah, it's time to put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Put him in the Hall of Fame while he's still alive. I've talked about it before with Ron Sano with the Cubs. For years, he could never get into the Hall of Fame. And he was a good enough player to get in. And for the longest time, he was never able to get in. And then finally, and then he unfortunately passes away. And then, of course, the next year, the Hall of Fame rolls around. Hey, we've elected Ron Sano into the Hall of Fame. Oh, great! So glad Ron Sano is able to gonna be able to enjoy that from his gravesite. Maybe it would be great for the family, but maybe have the player who's actually alive be there. Then I guarantee you, it's gonna happen. Pete Rose is gonna pass away at some point, and we're all gonna be sad as baseball fans because he was a hell of a player. He just made a mistake. It happens. He didn't cheat. He just gambled. 
And with gambling becoming more and more widespread now, like, I'm not saying it, what he did is good. Maybe this whole, you know, high horse thing that we're taking on it can kind of come down a little bit. Just get him in the Hall of Fame. You can even add the asterisk to the plaque like, hey, was caught gambling and had to be banned until that ban was lifted until now. Not saying it's like what he did was right, but are we really going to keep one of the greatest players of the game out for something that like the stance on it has become softer over the years? Because what's going to happen, he's going to pass, and then they're going to be like, all right, we'll honor Pete Rose. It's like, honor him while he's still alive. I don't understand this whole, we got to honor him now that he's dead. If him dying does not make a thing, just put him in the hall. God, I... Listen, I don't think I've hated a commissioner more than Rob Manfred. Like, Roger Goodell is up there, don't get me wrong, but God, he sucks. I give him credit. The pitch clock has been good so far. I totally give him that. But it's like, dude, you just hate baseball. And it frustrates the hell out of me. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm sure I'll probably continue being mad at this. But I really hope the A's don't move out of Oakland because there's a bunch of fans there. Uh, you know, generations of fans. And I don't want to see a move because it's the same thing that happened with Oakland. These owners want these new stadiums so bad. And then they go to an area where it didn't work. Look at the Chargers. The Chargers are an absolute hilarious one uh, because, you know, they're in San Diego. They have a nice uh, fan base there. But, you know, the owner wants a new stadium so bad. And he, San Diego, you know, council isn't able to come to agreement with them. He's like, all right, fine. I'm just going to move to Los Angeles. And then he has to share a stadium with the Rams. And it's like, congrats. Like, you move out to Los Angeles we're about 50, we're about 45, 45 are split between being Raiders fans and uh, Los Angeles Rams fans. And then you maybe have like 10% that are Chargers fans. And then when you go to these games, not a home field advantage at all. Like, you know, the away team just clearly outsells the home team. Same thing that happened with San Diego. Same thing that happened with Oakland. The They have these billionaires that want to pay. Like, shout out to the Falcons guy. The Falcons owner... Uh, like, I think he, Home Depot, like, guy or something like that, I don't know, uh, flipped, like, most of the bill on his new stadium, looks great, is able to keep it, you know, in Atlanta, and also, too, he keeps concession prices low. That's another thing that pisses me off. They always want the public to flip the bill, and then it's like, okay, we flipped the bill, what do we get in return? Oh, you get to go watch a team that's gonna be 20 games under 500, uh, concession stand prices are gonna be through the roof. Parking's ridiculous. And also, too, you can't watch them on TV because we have our own sports network. Have fun. Don't you love this game? Yeah, way, way to go. Like, over the years, it's like, and then you're like, how come we can't get people to come out to the ballpark? Yeah, I don't know. It beats me. Drives me nuts. Anyway, that was kind of like uh, things I have seen from the first half of the year so far. Hopefully things will get better. I'm sure they won't because, again, Rob Manfred's Rob Manfred is just a nimrod, uh, but that's okay. Because, you know, again, he's able to find some positive success once in a while. Again, pitch clock has been good so far. At first, I didn't like it, but I'm like, you know what? It's growing on me. Shorten up the game, and I think it's been good so far. And attendance is up at these games as well, too. It's fun going to a ballpark. Like, I tell people, like, a nice, bright, sunny day, you go out to the ballpark, good weather, you get to just hang out for three hours. 
Baseball is a perfect leisure sport. You don't have to pay too much attention to it. You can just go out and have a good time. I'm going to be hitting up a couple ball games this week. I'm looking forward to it. But that's how you grow the game right there, folks. God, just make things reasonable. That's why I love going to minor league stadiums. It's reasonably priced. I get to watch some baseball. And then they even have a cool promotional thing going on. Sometimes these baseball ones are like, oh, yeah, you'll pay us 50 bucks a ticket. Uh, both teams are under 500 uh, there's really no stars in this game, and you're going to have to basically spend your weekly salary on the game. And then they're like, oh, how come nobody want to come to our games? I don't know. Beats me. I don't know. Hopefully they listen to this podcast and they're able to figure out some ideas. If you're at a sporting event and you got other ideas, you just let me know. I'll come up with some ideas for you. But that's going to do it, though, for this week's edition of What Makes Me Mad. Uh, or, I mean, I guess probably I shouldn't say this week's edition because, you know, I keep keep putting it off. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of What Makes Me Mad. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you the next time I record. Who knows when that'll be.